0: Luke Haynes, Luke. I believe Luke is our only organ student, and he. We'll hear more from from Luke. We're so glad to have him here. <laughs> As university chaplain for this refreshed and vibrant campus community, a place we fondly call EMU. I warmly welcome you to opening convocation and worship. We launched the academic year in this space, hearing from our provost and our university president. And we'll share in reflection held by musical selections. And we'll prayerfully send students and faculty in the Southeast Asia cross-cultural. All are invited to a welcome reception afterward in the Campus Center Greeting Hall. And in that same place, undergraduate students from the various classes will have the the opportunity to sign on once again to a shared EMU experience, to sign literally some posters, some large poster signs. They're classy. Um, They really are. With gold and silver Sharpies. And that looks classy on the posters. Sign your names on those uh, sometime today in the Campus Center greeting hall if you haven't already done so. These posters will be displayed near the admissions office. I believe it will be near where the admissions office will be moving into the lower level of the university commons. Now many of us in this room are prayerfully mindful, sadly impacted, by the chaos and violence occurring in Afghanistan. And with this in our hearts, knowing that it connects close, especially with our Center for Justice and Peacebuilding, I light this peace lamp in front of this peace lily. With all of what I've named so far, I invite you to join me in prayer or prayerful awareness. Gracious God, we come before you at the beginning of this academic year with our individual and collective expectations, uncertainties, fears, and hopes. We've each been navigating the pandemic uniquely in separate places, And now we come together for shared experiences and commitments. Nudge us into deeper awareness that you are with us, with each one of us. God of justice, help us be mindful that the Shenandoah Valley, where EMU is located, was once a shared space for various indigenous people groups a place for hunting and gathering, and sometimes a place of conflict between competing groups. And the Commonwealth of Virginia is the very place where African people were first enslaved on this continent 400-plus years ago. And as mentioned previously, we are a globally connected people mindful of the violence and chaos occurring in Afghanistan, yes, and in other places around the globe. God have mercy. Faithful one, as we gather this morning, we acknowledge this as a transitional season, transitions in our work or leisure and into an academic schedule, transitions from the time spent with family and close friends to this newly forming community, this university, transitions between cultural settings, Grant us patience with ourselves, as well as grace for one another. And loving God, this beginning is entirely new for some of us. Transform our uncertainties amidst change into openness to new people and opportunities. Transform any anxiety about academic requirements into a steady confidence in your providence. Grant us new perspectives to see persons, events, academic work as invitations to develop the many gifts, the callings present within us. Sustaining spirit, some in our community are moving into their final year at EMU. So bless them with the gifts of awe and wonder at the friends they've made, the way their minds and hearts have been stretched, and the many opportunities that lie ahead. Stir in them the gift of discernment for making wise choices concerning their future. And finally, grant each member of this EMU community a full measure of grace and love that we may encourage each other in our serving and leading as reflections of you and your transformational vision for the world. Amen. And may it be so.
1: We have a new hymnal in the racks for those of you that have been here before. And we're going to do one song out of that. It's number 802. Now, because of the numbers of uh, with COVID and all of that, we're inviting you to hum along, follow along, however you're comfortable and it's number 802 draw the circle and the text is very simple draw the circle draw the circle wide draw it wider still let this be our song no one stands alone standing side by side draw the circle draw the circle wide <clears throat>
2: draw the circle draw the circle wide draw the circle draw the circle wide no one stands alone will stand side by side draw the circle Draw the, out. draw the circle draw the circle draw the circle
3: Good morning, and welcome to a new academic year here at EMU. Welcome to all of you, students, faculty, staff, retirees, and welcome to those who are joining us via live streaming at our locations in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Washington, DC, and maybe even from right here in Harrisonburg. A special welcome to all the new students, faculty, and staff who are joining us for the first time and a very special welcome to the new undergraduate class of 2025. You, along with our new transfer students and graduate students, are joining a community of learning that has been active for more than 100 years. And we hope you will quickly find your place in the rhythm of our life together. You are welcome here and you belong. And we are so grateful to be together here face to face. Even if we're temporarily engaging with each other from behind our masks and recognizing that some of you are joining us virtually via live streaming, this still feels like a very welcome step back toward normalcy. I think it's safe to say that the past academic year was the most challenging year in EMU's 100 year plus history. A global pandemic disrupted every aspect of our work as an institution of higher learning and our life together as a community of learning. The centuries long movement for racial justice in the US once again reached a crisis point that shook us all to the core, causing us yet again to re-examine our institutional structures and culture and political polarization in our nation's capital and in our own backyards caused us to question the most fundamental notions of our democracy. Here at EMU, we engaged with each of those challenges using our university vision statement as our North Star. You can read it on the screen behind me. As difficult as last year may have been, we learned important lessons along the way Our task in the coming year as a community of learning is not to get back to normal, but to consolidate our learnings and to continue building on them as we progress toward becoming the beloved community that we aspire to be. So what did we learn? The pandemic certainly taught us much about how technology can support our work together and open new pathways of access. More importantly, we developed skills in adapting quickly to changing demands. We learned to hold our plans and predictions lightly and to let go of habits and routines that were no longer helpful. Our new skills and dispositions will serve us well in the coming year as we face ongoing challenges in higher ed more broadly and for EMU's mission and vision more specifically. The movement for racial justice taught us that our hard-won progress during the 20th century was not enough. Our eyes were opened to the significant work we still have to do to make our systems and institutions more just and equitable for those who have been systematically excluded and marginalized in the past. We made some progress on this work, along with some stumbles and missteps. We learned how to have hard conversations with each other, and we learned just how hard those conversations can be, and how easily we can harm one another by our words and actions. In the coming year, we will continue this work, not being satisfied with what we've learned, but building on it, striving to do better and better with and for each other. And finally, the political polarization and the destructive social conflict it brought taught us just how important our message of lead together is for the world around us. Leading together is not just a catchy marketing tagline. It names a core trait of EMU, describing how we do the work of higher education, how we function as a community of learning. In the coming year, we, d- we need to find new and creative ways to grow as unifying leaders and to demonstrate for our community and nation an alternative way to lead collaboratively on the challenging problems of the day. Our vision statement contains elements that speak directly to each of these three challenges and it will continue to guide our life together. We will open new calls on the flexibility and creativity we learned from the pandemic. Pathways of access and achievement for all students names the work we must continue to do in pursuit of meaningful diversity, equity, and inclusion. Grow as unifying leaders equipped with intercultural competence oriented toward peace and justice is our alternative to the deadly political and cultural polarization of our day. And finally, rooted in an active faith modeled on the life and teachings of Jesus, articulates our motives and our methods. Blessings to each of you and to us collectively as we welcome a new year, not getting back to normal, but taking the lessons of the past and applying them in new ways to the most important challenges of our day. Thank you. And now, I'm happy to welcome to the podium our new Executive Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, Dr. Jackie Font Guzman, for the reading of the scripture. Jackie joined EMU this past April, coming here from Creighton University, where she previously served as Director of Creighton's Negotiation and Conflict Resolution Program. Welcome, Jackie.
4: Thank you, Fred, and good morning, everyone. So many firsts this week. What a great day to be a royal. Um, I want to, before um, reading the scripture, invite you to reflect about the scripture itself and how Jesus himself faced marginalization when he was trying to implement change, significant social change with a language of inclusiveness and equity. So think about how each of you can be leaders of that change and agents of that change, not only for EMU, but for the world. He faced three main lessons that I get from this passage is the marginalization he faced, the never giving up and continually being resilient in spite of that marginalization, or maybe before, because of it, and also the importance of solidarity, of standing with, of not doing it alone. So after Jesus had been teaching in the synagogue in his hometown and among the nearby villages, he called the 12 disciples and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. Jesus said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you, and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So the disciples went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cure them.
3: Hello
5: <clears throat> Hello, everyone. My name is Aman to
6: Good morning. I'm Faith Monica.
5: Good morning. I'm Philip Krabel.
6: We are your SGA co-presidents for this year, and we also want to extend our welcome to all of you. We are so excited for this school year, uh, and we just wanted to to talk about SGA a little bit. Uh, This year, some of our goals and, and the platform that you all elected us for are to focus on making our classrooms more trauma aware, to reimagine spaces on campus for different minority groups, and to really push for environmental sustainability. Uh, We really want to emphasize that we are here for the students. Uh, We are your link to administration and we really want to encourage you to contact us if you have any kind of questions, concerns, things that you want to raise.
0: You can email us at SGA you can email us at SGA at emu.edu or come talk to one of us in person or through social media. There's also an opportunity to be directly involved with SGAs through running for Senate. So we we have a wonderful team so far and we would love to work with senators this year.
5: Uh, Now you'll hear from our president, Susan Schultz-Huxman. Dr. Susan Schultz-Huxman is our ninth president at EMU and is a groundbreaker as our first woman president. She began serving in January 2017, so she is in her fifth year as EMU's leader. In June of 2020, Following a comprehensive performance evaluation, EMU's Board of Trustees unanimously supported her reappointment to a five-year term beginning last fall. In its resolution, the Board cited her strategic and unwavering leadership, advocacy of EMU's mission and core values, and commitment to Mennonite higher education and steely resolve in the facing the challenges of higher education. Previously, Susan served as President of Conrad Grable University in Waterloo, Ontario, Canada, from 2011 to 2016. Before that, she spent most of her academic career as a director of the Elliott School of Communication at Wichita State University in Kansas after beginning her professional life at Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Professor Huxman won numerous awards and recognition for her teaching when she was in the faculty ranks at WSU and continues to teach and mentor when she can. She describes herself as a student-centered academic president and a passionate ambassador of faith-based liberal arts education. Her church service over the years has been regular and extensive. She served on the board of directors of Mennonite Education Agency of Mennonite Church USA from 2001 to 2007, the executive board of Western District and as a Sunday school teacher and higher ed board member at her church for many years. Susan grew up in Florida, but Kansas is where she met her husband and raised her family. She is a graduate of Bethel College in Kansas. She has a BA in English and an MA and a PhD from the University of Kansas in Communication Studies. She has earned the rank of full professor. Susan is married to Jesse, a communication, marketing, and broadcast journalism professional. They have three adult children, Connor, a graduate student in engineering at Penn State University, Emily, a teacher in Ohio, and Julia, an attorney in Philadelphia. They also have two wonderful sons-in-law and, welcome, and welcomed a new grandson to their family in June. Susan and Jesse are big sports fan and participated in an array of varsity sports during their college years. Susan's skills as a basketball point guard prepared her well for the presidency. Both Susan and Jesse enjoyed the beauty of Shenandoah Valley and the friendly city of Harrisonburg, and they don't miss the Canadian winters. Please join us in welcoming President Susan Schultz huxman to the podium.
1: Thank you to our awesome SGA co-presidents. I've had a chance to meet them. You are in good hands. Good morning, EMU, and welcome faculty, staff, board of trustees, wider community, and of course, students. Students, you are the reason we are here and we hope that this will be an excellent year for you. As Philip mentioned, my name is Susan, I am president of EMU, and one of my favorite parts of this job is to be a relentless and joyous champion of this great university in places near and far, and that includes welcoming students with open arms at the start of their educational journey, watching you grow and live more fully into your special gifts with each passing semester, and personally congratulating you at the finish line at graduation. This morning, I'm here on our beautiful main campus in Harrisonburg, Virginia, literally soaking up the remnants of Hurricane Ida. But I also want to give out a shout out to all of the students who help make our two satellite campuses thrive in Lancaster, Pennsylvania and Washington, D.C. We are thrilled that even in a pandemic, our enrollment across the board is strong. And why not? We have built a reputation at EMU as a caring community of learners with small classes, personal attention, and faculty mentors, and coaches committed to walking with you, with our students, semester after semester, and nurturing you personally, socially, intellectually, and spiritually. You know, last year, through all of the upheaval and uncertainty that the pandemic wrought, we learned some valuable lessons. Granted, the virulent Delta variant of COVID is still very much with us, and we will glean other learnings for sure as this year unfolds. Still, I want to share with you some of the top pandemic learnings we put into practice, then place our learnings alongside an old classic children's story that I think you will recognize, the little engine that could, and a new, hot off the press revised story entitled The Three Little Engines, a story that I think speaks more powerfully and faithfully to our pandemic times. That revised children's story adds a new twist to the enduring lessons of the original tale. And as you know, children's stories aren't just for children and classic tales don't just entertain they reveal life's lessons. So let's get started. What did we learn? We learned the wisdom of an African proverb. If you wanna go fast, go alone. If you wanna go far, go together. When governors banded together, cases of COVID went down. When universities banded together, better COVID protocols were created. When we listened and participated in conversations with local and state government and health officials, we could stay ahead of some of COVID's mysteries around transmission. When our campus community worked together, our faculty and staff and students, we were especially resilient. Indeed, resilience is at the heart of this African proverb. Here at EMU, we learned the true meaning of resilience and what it means to lean into our motto, lead together. Our students wanted to be with us in community, in person. Living and learning in person was so critical, even as COVID threatened our community. Students were willing, willing every day to social distance and wear masks because they too sensed how important in-person engagement was to their education. Our students' selfless devotion to each other was at times heroic. We learned the wisdom of young people, including a young poet by the name of Amanda Gorman, who at age 22 became the youngest poet to deliver a poetry reading at a presidential inauguration. Self-described as a skinny black girl raised by a single mother and descendant from slaves, and by critics as an incandescent voice, Gorman distilled in one poem entitled, The Hill We Climb, both the bruising realities of our wounds and the resurrecting promise of a better day. If, if we climb, together. As she says in her poem, we must lay down our arms so that we can reach our arms out to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Elsewhere, she exclaims, let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true, that even as we grieved, we grew, that even as we hurt, we hoped that even as we tired, we tried, that we will forever be tied together, victorious. In the spirit of this young poet's voice and the many beautiful and bold student voices for change on this very campus, we have committed to do more in word and deed around building a more diverse inclusive community, diffusing political polarization and creating equity in regard to student tuition assistance. Why? Because we are committed to social mobility, to open pathways of access and achievement to all students who aspire to be unifying leaders. And quite frankly, it's essential if we are to remain a credible leader in the higher ed landscape as a faith-informed peace and justice university. We learned the wisdom of scripture. It's not an exaggeration to say that Jesus' entire life and legacy is around the power of redemptive love for all in the face of life's uncertainties, And calamities. Jesus expressed abiding love for us and asked us to put our faith in Him. The unwavering message of our triune God is that we love each other, even, yes, even our enemies. Further, God never asks us to go on spiritual journeys alone, to spread the good news of the gospel. By ourselves, or to think for one minute that in cataclysmic times we alone can fix things. As our scripture reading this morning notes, as he was preparing to leave this earthly world, Jesus did not think it wise to send his disciples out alone to share the promise of salvation. He prepared the disciples to carry on his message in teams and to listen first with compassion to strangers they met before dispensing advice. It is no coincidence that our small size, compassionate community, and Christian values helped us to weather the white waters of COVID fairly well. We took sustenance from our faith-inspired mission to prepare students to serve and lead in a global context in the spirit of Micah 6.8, to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. In short, we gained much wisdom these past 18 months from proverbs, poets, and parables from the Bible, insights that both comforted us and lifted us from some distressing and disorienting layers of pandemic-related crises. So in light of these learnings, let's examine that classic children's tale, The Little Engine That Could. I think many of you will remember this tale in some version, first published in 1930 in the midst of the Great Depression. It is an anthem to the Horatio Alger myth that through rugged individualism and a confident can-do spirit, anyone, anyone can succeed and live the American dream. It goes something like this. Once there was a train who had a great job, delivering toys, games, and food to children on the other side of the mountain. It was the only way for them to get provisions. One day, the train suddenly stopped with a jerk. She could not go another inch Now what? What were all those good little boys and girls on the other side of the mountain going to do without the wonderful toys to play with and the good food to eat? Some of the toys, who of course were animated and could talk, tried to flag down other trains passing by. None stopped to heed their plea. Just when they were ready to give up, they saw a very tiny blue engine come around the corner. She stopped and asked, What's the matter? And they told her, will you please pull us over the mountain? At first, the little blue engine said, I don't think I can do it. I'm not very big. They use me only for switching trains in the yard. I've never been over the mountain. But when she saw how dejected the toys looked, she said, maybe I can help. Maybe I just need to think I can And as she hitched herself to the train, she said to herself, I I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And all the dolls and toy animals began to smile and cheer. They jumped on the train up, up, faster and faster. The little engine climbed, saying, I think I can, I think I can. It was hard going at spots, but sure enough, the train reached the other side of the mountain and the children and toys and dolls cried, hooray, hooray for the brave, kind little blue engine. The little blue engine smiled and seemed to say as she puffed steadily down the mountain, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could. Well, it's a cute and memorable tale. And certainly there is some truth to this tale. One's state of mind, one's confidence level plays a role in success in life. But there are some serious shortcomings to this lesson too especially in light of our pandemic learnings. A man by the name of Bob McKinnon thought so too. And he wrote a children's book released this summer that puts a new twist on this classic tale. McKinnon grew up poor, raised by a single mom, literally living on the wrong side of the tracks, and was the first in his family to go to college. Today, he is professor, who teaches, among other things, social mobility and economics. Here is his story. It is called The Three Little Engines. Graduation day was finally here. The Three Little Engines were excited to take their final test of engine school, making their first solo trip over the mountain. On the other side of the mountain, their teacher, the rusty old engine, waited to greet them with their friends and family. Each engine took their place on a different track, waiting for their turn to be called. On track one, whistled the cheerful and plucky little blue engine. On track two, puffed the fast and confident yellow passenger engine. And on track three, chugged the strong and fiery red freight engine. The station master called out to the little blue engine, You're up first. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am, she replied, and off she went. The sun was shining brightly as the little blue engine rounded a few bends and continued toward the tall green pine trees. When she came to the steepest part of the mountain, she wondered whether she could make it up and up. The little blue engine climbed chugging, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And before she knew it, she did. Merrily, she puffed down the mountain, reaching the village without any trouble. The rusty old engine met her at the bottom of the hill. Congratulations, he said, you made it. Everyone in the village cheered. She was so proud that her hard work had paid off. Back at the train terminal, the station master called up to the yellow passenger engine. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am, he bellowed, and off he went. The journey on track two had more twists and turns. He snaked sharply around big boulders and rumbled over bumpy ground. As a passenger engine, he was pulling lots of cars behind him. He made it over several small slopes, chugging, I think I can, I think I can, but he grew very tired. And by the time he got to the steepest stretch near the top of the mountain, dark clouds began to cover the sun. Then suddenly strong winds and heavy rain started to blow the passenger engine black. As he tried to push forward, he chattered, I I think I can't. He could not go another inch. Exhausted, he stopped in his tracks, smoke slowly sputtering from his stack. The red freight engine, who had been waiting anxiously to follow her friends, was now up. Are you ready, called the station master. Yes, ma'am, she chugged, and off she went. Her journey, on track three, had a much steeper path to the top of the mountain. She traveled up and down the many slopes, chugging loudly, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, the whole way, as a freight engine, she was pulling cars that were filled with big heavy machines. Looking off into the distance she could see something was in her way. As she got closer she realized that a large tree had fallen on her track. With the red freight engines path blocked she came to a full stop. The village seemed so near but she could not push past the fallen tree hissing softly The freight engine sadly said, I cannot graduate now. Meanwhile, in the village, the little blue engine waited for her friends. She wondered what what was taking them so long. She called out, what's the matter? Why did they stop? Did they quit? The rusty old engine came up beside her and said, they aren't quitting. Maybe they have gone as far as they can go right now. The little blue engine looked confused, but I made it here. Why can't they? The rusty old engine smiled. Close your eyes and think back on your journey. How many twists and turns were there on your track? A few. Did you face wind and rain? No, she said. The sun was shining, and and I guess there was even a, a little wind at my back. How many steep stretches did you have to climb? Counting in her head, she remembered, well, you know, just the one. How heavy was your load? A little embarrassed, she said quietly, well, uh, you know, I wasn't asked to pull any other cars. Was there anything blocking your track? No, it was clear. But I did work hard to get over the mountain. I I thought I could, I thought I could, and I did. Of course you did, the rusty old engine agreed. The little blue engine sat quietly for a moment, thinking about how her journey might be different from that of her friends. And then, and then, a little light went on in her heart. My friends worked really hard, too, but they got stuck. Just because you think you can doesn't always mean you will, does it? No, it doesn't, replied the rusty old engine. I wonder, I wonder if there's anything we can do to help them. Smiling at each other, the two engines chugged, I think we can, I think we can, I think we can. And so they did, over the hills, into the rain, past the trees, until finally all three engines came rumbling down the mountain. The End certainly a new twist on the classic tale. Lessons learned from the three little engines. Children often say, well, the lesson is three engines are better than one, or it's more fun to complete a project together. Bob McKinnon, the book's author, says this, working hard and believing in yourself makes achieving your dreams possible, but not always probable. Put another way, he says, grit and good moral character can improve circumstances, but empathy, compassion, and collaboration play in success too. At EMU, your success will come from hard work and determination paired with paired with such things as collaboration, empathy, listening, and other selfless character traits. And guess what? You have help. You have help. This year's co-SGA presidents are standing at the ready, at the starting line with you this semester. So please stand again, Amon and Faith and Philip. They and the entire SGA team are collaborators. They will blow their whistles as you get up and over a mountain. But they also know, they also know that the real success is sometimes working to give others, to give others the head of STEAM, so that together, as a community of learners, we can all get to the finish line. Indeed, there is no I in TEAM. And in this academic community, you will soon learn that together, Everyone achieves more. I pray that your educational journey with us be marked by curiosity and courage, compassion, and a whole lot of collaborative fun. Blessings to each of you as you enter the classroom, join the worship spaces, cultivate inclusive community, and lead together. Thank you.
0: It's been rich time together, incredibly rich time. I want to remind those who are not used to scanning in for convocation points in-person participation that you only get the points if you also scan out, and at the end of the program is better than early because we don't start scanning out until the end. (laughs) If any of your peers already left, and some have, you might let them know they won't get the points. It's just how it works. <laughs> Bear with us a couple more minutes for ascending for the cross-cultural group. This is Beth Good, Director of Intercultural Programs.
6: Good morning, EMU. Good morning. So my name is Beth, um, and I'm the Director of Intercultural Programs. If you're new here and you don't know um, the, the requirements or the opportunities that are for you for your cross-cultural Please come and see us, Um, Linda Martin Burkholder and I. Our office is in the Campus Center in room 232. Um, So if you'll look at the screen, you will see our group that's gonna be departing today for Southeast Asia. To be cautious before their departure, our cross-cultural group and leaders are joining us via Zoom. However, I do want to celebrate the fact that all of their pre-travel COVID tests returned negative this morning. (laughs) So we will not gather in the front for our traditional prayer as we typically do, but we will continue to lift our prayers at a distance. I am so excited to be sending our first semester long cross-cultural since we recalled the group in the spring of 2020 from Guatemala. This summer, we did send two cross-cultural groups, one to Lithuania, led by Jerry Rosapel and Fabiana Espinal, and the other to the Navajo Nation, led by Jim and Kathy Yoder. And this morning, we are delighted to send another group of students and leaders to engage in learning with and about other cultures in Southeast Asia. Daniel Showalter, Associate Professor of Mathematics and Computer Science, is leading the group of 20 uh, students to Southeast Asia, assisted by Merle Beiler, who is a longtime faculty adjunct and cross-cultural leader here at EMU. The group will spend a couple of weeks in quarantine. Um, it's going to be really tough. They're going to be on the beautiful island of Phuket for two weeks, <laughs> studying Thai language and, and doing a little bit of study there before they move to Chiang Mai and hopefully as COVID uh, allows doing some other regional travel uh, within Southeast Asia. They're going to depart at 2 15 this afternoon and we want to send them with our blessing and our commitment to pray for them and for this cultural learning pilgrimage may you travel in safety with health and opportunities for deep meeting so i'm going to invite um, our university chaplain back to lead us in a prayer of blessing and sending
0: And just prior to this, a reminder of food and fellowship and signing your class cards in the Campus Center Greeting Hall right afterward, and the cards will be there through the day. Please stand with this group, the Southeast Asia group, and join me in offering this prayer, after which we will dismiss. God, we acknowledge that you have been present with us this morning and that you are present with us each day, wherever we are, wherever we go. This morning, we especially seek protection and blessing on each of the students and leaders who will be traveling to Southeast Asia. We also pray for those who will host them throughout this learning adventure. We're grateful for the desire and willingness of these students and leaders to step into unknown places to be challenged for growth through this cross-cultural experience. God, we ask that you open their eyes to the extraordinary world that you've created and that they would have hearts and minds of curiosity, openness to seeing you in unlikely places and a desire to care for one another along the way. May you be evident to them in times of loneliness, in moments of fear or anxiety, in experiences of joy and discovery as they learn more about who you are, about others, themselves, and this wonderful world of yours. We pray for safety and health for each one, and not only for them, but for the people they will meet along the way and also for those they leave behind May the people who host these students have the energy and wisdom needed for introducing a new context. And we pray for the group leaders, for Daniel, Merle, Ruthie, others along the way, asking that you grant them wisdom for the journey, the ability to sense and interpret your presence and guidance along the way. Thank you for the opportunity for each of us that we each have as travelers and learners Some here in this room or connecting online, experiencing EMU as a cross-cultural, risking stepping out of the comfortable into a world inviting increased vulnerability and reliance on your love and protection and dependence on the community formed and experienced along the way. In your mercy, we pray, amen. Go in love and joy and peace.